Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Breakdown Podcast. And here, we, and here we are. Back in it. Now let's not talk no shit because you know, you know, we've been gone. Right. And, and we back. And we back at it again as usual. So yes, here we are. Um, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. You know, I'm back on my medication, and okay. you now the sun is brighter. Yeah. <laughs> the sun is shining. The sun is shining down over. Ozempic. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Oh, my doctor tried to put me on that Ozempic child. Really? Mm, they, she offered it as an option. I didn't know Ozempic is working. Ozempic is getting the girls together. See, let me tell you, Ozempic is bringing down the, you know, the slimming the bitches out. And yeah, I actually I know somebody who lost Ozempic and they, and they lost 40 pounds. And mm-hmm. he's feeling much better. I, I, I'm, he's, he's a diabetic as well. I'm, I'm considering it, but the thing is, like, she's like, it doesn't, I'm not replacing it with anything else. It would be added to all my other medications. Yeah. And I don't really want to add anything else. Mm-hmm. Right now, so I'm gonna see. Yeah, see how you feel about it. But I do know somebody it. who is a little older than you. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing the Olympic, and he lost about 40 pounds, and he's feeling much better. And he has a diabetic as well. So see, I'm, I feel like it's for people like y'all. So it's it's for diabetics. Y'all <laughs> it's for the just take Olympic, okay? You know, I see a lot of the people got the Olympic face, and then they're having all these complications. That's why they're on the side of face, because child, yeah, your blood sugar is all over the place. What are you doing? You done dropped your shit down to the zero. <laughs> you look a mess. So. That part. Everybody so. ain't meant to be skewed. It, so. They are not. So okay. yeah, I um, I think if you were actually diabetic, it might actually be a good thing for you. But we'll see. I understand. Adam, I don't want to add more, but I don't blame you. Child, we'll see in a couple months how I feel about it. I'm like, give me the nose and pick. At least she offered it to you, child, because I definitely asked my doctor. She said no. Yeah. I said, I'm talking to something this way, daddy. She exactly. said, no. No. Get back in that gym. Yeah. <laughs> so, get to work. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into our icebreaker for today. All right. Can I read here? Oh, please go ahead, girl. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to buy hair down. It's over. Yes. Um, okay, so the icebreaker of the day. A baby mother files a lawsuit for revealing her Mega Millions win. Mm. Wh- who would you tell if you won the Mega Millions? Because I believe that the lawsuit... So who was suing her? Was the, it her baby father? The baby... So yeah, the baby father is suing her because... <laughs> That's <right>. she <laughs> Because they won this Mega Millions and then so he didn't want to tell anybody in this family that he wanted. Right. She went out and told people... And oh. so they started coming at him about the money, and he was like, "Oh, we had this girl. agreement, no, and we so somebody. now he's suing her because not everybody's going to come for the money." I mean, as he should. That wasn't your first step, like. <laughs> See, I was on her side, but now I'm not. I didn't realize the full details of the story. So what you did was try me, right? Okay, exactly. And now you get nothing. Because oh. who told? Because now I'm gonna give your cut to all these other people who keep asking me. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no! Like, who? Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any. I don't know why she told it. I didn't. I didn't get no details of the story. But I feel like that makes no sense. At all. I wouldn't. Who would I tell? I would be very few people that I told. I would be, definitely be up there with a mask on and like collecting my money. I would be up there with money. a screen mask on with gloves. <laughs> like I saw this one dude, he had the screen mask and I would be up there with a mask on with gloves. Um, honestly, truthfully, like full transparency, I don't mm-hmm. think I would tell anybody. Oh shit, and there I it is. I would probably tell... You don't have to tell me because I know you're <laughs> No, no, no. So this is what I would do. So my stepmom is an accountant. 
Oh, right? yeah. And so she's used to working people with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So I would tell her because I would want her to be my accountant, right? Because I trust her. Makes and sense. I would trust her not to steal all my money and skim off the top like these other accountants do. Makes sense. So I would tell her. I mean, she's used to dealing with like big money and confidentiality and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I would just help people around me, but I would not tell them how I'm helping them. You don't think they would ask you where the money comes from? And I would tell them if you want this money, just <laughs> I would tell them I'm not doing anything illegal. Yeah. And I haven't hurt anybody. So I'm what I would do is I would quietly pay the debt of people around me. Oh. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this ever since I was a kid, right? I've always like considered this question. Yeah. So I always said, like, once I got older, I've always had this image. Like if I do, I don't really pay the lotto, but if I, I always said if I won the lotto. What I would do is literally, like everybody in my inner circle, I would mm-hmm. just quietly pay off all y'all did. And I just wouldn't say anything. See, that is very selfless. Yeah, that's I, I said that. To I said, do something and not have anybody know, too. Yeah, I would, it's probably like, there's probably like six people in my inner circle, right? Mm-hmm. So I said like you, Karen, KK, um, my mom, my dad, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course I'm paying my stepmom and like my little brother, right? So that's literally six people in my circle. And my aunt, my auntie, I'm very close to my aunt. And I would literally just like pay off everybody's debt and wow. just give everybody a clean slate. And and realistically, right, most of y'all don't have that much debt. Like you're not, most of y'all no. don't have. So, just, give, just give my student loans, girl. Yeah, I would cover good. like, your, no, I would cover all your debt. I would pay everything. I would like look up your, you know, and I would finally pay off everybody's debt. And mm. that's about $100,000 a, pe- a person, right? Mm-hmm. Realistically, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe one Double company. that for me. Well, I mean. I'm just joking, yeah. But even really. Okay, so let's say yours is like two hundred. I was like, okay, whatever. I would just quietly pay off everybody's debt. I'll pay off people's like home loans and things like that. Oh and that God. way, and just give everybody a fresh start. Yeah. And then that way, I don't have to worry about people coming to me asking for shit. Right. Because then it's like, look. I think that's I give fair. You a clean start. Yeah. Like, and then, and that's what I would do. And then I wouldn't, but I wouldn't tell anybody. I would just try to keep it anonymous. Damn. I'd and I would live a very, I would live a very modest life. I would have a nice little house. I don't need a mansion. I'd buy like a really nice house in like a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'd probably live in like the Berkeley Hills or something. I'd have a nice car and I would just travel and enjoy your life. Enjoy life. Because you can get away with that. People, you could just be like, oh, she got another job. Yeah, She's I doing could just something. say I'm working like, from home or something. Yeah. yeah, and that that makes sense. I like that, that concept because I want to be like, I think I'm a little too selfish and I would want people to know <laughs> that I did this for you. Just because I'm, I don't know. I don't know. know people around. I'm just... No, I mean, like, I would, I would tell you I did, but I would do it first. Okay. And then I would, like, maybe write you a little letter. Like, hey, you know, this is something I wanted to do so you could have a clean start. I like, because my, I was thinking maybe I would just move away. Mm-hmm. Like, move hella far away so people mm-hmm. can contact me. I mean, I guess people still contact you, but, like, I feel like you could do that stuff easier if you're not writing people's faces. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I'm moving out the country. I'm moving away. But oh, I'm I still, <laughs> but I could definitely like still help y'all. But I just feel like, but then I guess it depends on your family too. Cause I don't feel like I have a lot of people, honestly, in my circle who would just be like, well. You see, I said six. Right. I, I mean, family coming out the woodwork and shit, maybe. A couple of people in that circle ain't gonna know what happened. That's, I'm just gonna do it for them and be like, no, off you go. Like mm-hmm. it's a it's like it's about one or two people in that circle who I'm not gonna really tell where I got the money from. They just gonna know like I did this thing for you. Do you feel like you would you would sue somebody if they knew you had those money and they told like like this person did this baby mom would you would like, I'm I suing sue? your ass? No, mm-hmm. but that person will be cut off, and um, I have no problem saying no. Right. Okay. So like the only people who I feel like would realistically I'd be giving money to would be like my parents. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna give my parents whatever they want. And then like 
if one of y'all had a child or something, I'd be like, oh, your child's education is paid for. Like, I would do things like that. Yeah. I don't, but I don't see y'all coming up to me and being like, hey, girl, I got, I don't see like y'all yeah. doing that to me. So I wouldn't be that concerned. I'd probably be like, here's a hundred thousand dollars, go buy you a house. Like, something like right. that. Right. I think the other thing is, too, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a problem saying no to people I'm yeah. not close with. Yeah. So even like family members that come out the woodwork and stuff. That don't work I, me. I, it, yeah, I'm not gonna feel good to be like I ain't heard from you. I mean, that don't work ten years. That don't I don't work care. Now. Right. And I ain't got two nickels. So. <laughs> that part. <laughs> I can't imagine having some real money. They're gonna be like, oh, hey, hey girl. <laughs> uh, no, no, that part. We ain't talked years, but let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't mind saying no to people. Yeah. Um, and I probably would move somewhere. I'll probably just be on vacation all the time, honestly. So it's like, catch me when you can, bitch. I'm gone. Oh. Only people who would have my like contact information would probably be y'all. Mm. So coming out the woodwork ain't gonna work on me. What they gonna do? Come beg y'all? Good luck. <laughs> Don't come to me because that money's gone. It's all me. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I feel like you and KK are very. Because look, I don't want to mess up my shit. That's so <laughs> that's why the baby mama shit. That's why I understand, girl. You messed up your own shit because I don't want to mess that, up that my shit. Make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me. Like yeah. if my significant other hits the lotto. I'm gonna tell him you need to shut the fuck up. You need to take our money, and we have a and we have a child. We need to and take you our have money, a child. and we need to go. Somewhere. What are you telling me? Well, that's only she just can't stop running her mouth. Yeah. Obviously, that was the problem. I don't, girl. I don't, I don't. My parents are not like that. My parents are both very private people. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being a kid, and my mom, we moved, and my mom didn't have nobody know where we lived, so she'd be like, "Don't tell me where we live." Oh, <laughs> yeah. My dad didn't have a lot of guests at our home. Like we would go to other people's houses. He didn't come to our house very often. So the people in my family are very private, and I feel like you and my other best friend are very private. So I'm not really worried about it. I would, yeah, I would just, I would help people around me. I would, I would help the people around me have the most stress-free lives as possible. Oh my God. I would want y'all to be like, I'd be like, yeah, like, let's get y'all a house. Let's pay off y'all debt. You know, whatever you want to do after that is on y'all. But like, if you had kids, I'm paying for your kids' education. It's nothing. I would want y'all to just enjoy y'all Enjoy lives. life. I yeah. feel like, yeah, I'm the same way. Because I, I just couldn't want... be living my life and watching my friends struggle. Struggle. I'm, I'm the same way. And yeah. I feel like once you give somebody a clean slate, I feel like nobody, realistically, if you're a person that like wants to contribute to society, mm-hmm. nobody's going to just want to just sit on their ass. And yeah. Just, I, I really would just be happy with just like paying my shit off and then I can enjoy, do what I actually want to do yes. Yes. instead of feeling like I'd have to do what I have to do all the time. That's exactly what I would do. My, my goal would be to let my friends and family Pursue their passions. Mm-hmm. So if that means I gotta, you know, give you some money so you can buy you a house and like a, a real house, not a little shack in the woods, but like a house that you want. <laughs> right now, I'm, I'm not buying you, you know, no five million dollar mansion. But if you want right. to buy like a normal house, like no yeah, I'm paying your down payment. I'm, I'm paying the property taxes for you. I'm doing whatever you need so that you can go pursue your passions and do whatever you want to do. And then you know, you ain't gotta worry about the bullshit that you know this capitalist society puts us. In. You don't have to work two jobs and work jobs you don't really like. You can actually enjoy your life. That's what I would do for you to run. Look at it's look a tight at, circle. And the circle is closed. And the circle is closed. <laughs> All right, show. We'll be right back with our um impactful news for today. All right. And we're back. Back like we never left. <laughs> <You get> off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So let's get into our impactful news for today. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court, um, the Supreme Court case. Um, the Supreme Court refuses to hear uh, the case of a black man locked in solitary confinement 
for three years. Why okay? am I not surprised? Why am I not surprised? So <sighs> let's get into the details. So the Griot reports. You know I love the grill. Okay, I do do too. Uh, The Supreme Court will not hear the case of a black man who spent three years in solitary confinement in Illinois correctional facility with no access to the outside or opportunity to exercise. Um, According to HuffPost, the United States Court of Appeals, the Seventh District, on March of 2022, dismissed Michael Johnson's claims. The solitary confinement combined with a lack of outdoor time violates the Eighth Amendment. It sure does. Johnson, who has been diagnosed with several mental health disorders, including severe depression. Because he's been in there for three years by himself. <laughs> severe depression and bipolar disorder. Um, and his lawyers appealed the appealed to the Supreme Court, which rejected its motion on Monday. Um, however, Justices Katanji, Katanji Brown-Jackson and Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Keegan dissented from the high court's rulings. Of course, these are um, no, only yeah. with some sense on that. Right, um, ruling calling it an quote indisputable legal error. For three years, Johnson had no opportunity at all to stretch his limbs or breathe fresh air. Jackson wrote, "Johnson's mental state deteriorated rapidly. He suffered from hallucinations. Uh, um, ooh, um." Mm. He had issues with his own flesh, urinating and defecating on himself, smearing feces all over his body. Oh, dear God. The Illinois Department of Corrections told HuffPost it is assessing the court's decision. Um, Johnson was incarcerated in 2007, in 2007 for a conviction linked to a home invasion and an assault. So, um, thoughts on this very crazy case? <laughs> like, that is just insane to me. Um, I don't know. You know what it is? I think it's just, uh, you know, don't get me started on our carceral institutions. I think it's very indicative of the society that we live in, right? Like we are, we live in like the most carceral society in quote unquote civilized society mm-hmm. on the planet. Like we jail more people than any other country. Mm-hmm. Um, other countries don't even have this concept majority of solitary confinement and things like that it's just inhumane and we and there's been so many studies done in so many um instances of how extended solitary confinement in these ways are just tantamount to torture right like it violates the like geneva conventions and things like that to do this to people because it's torture right and it's inhumane and it's cruel and it's just it's just not right that we continue to do this to people and i think the fact that the supreme court wouldn't even hear the case just speaks very much to like where we are in our society right now like especially as it pertains to black people right right um it, it's just very sad and they've been this system has been doing this for centuries since like, this isn't forever. new yeah like since the <laughs> creation of jails right this isn't a new thing for us unfortunately um you know there's a lot of freedom fighters um black brown and otherwise who have been experiencing something similar to this so they've been kept in solitary confinement or they've been kept in these um really inhospitable spaces for decades right just because they had the audacity to fight against this government and this mm. is largely what they're fighting against so right i it's just, just and i think it just speaks to like how I think it really speaks to how far the Supreme Court has fallen in terms of how we mm. view the Supreme Court. Like, I think we were all raised to see the Supreme Court as like this huge, this was like 
this this impartial this is the law of the land right, right. And so a lot of people view the supreme court as like yeah like the supreme court is like the top of the top of the top of the top and like you know these their cases and their judgments really determine life for everybody, everybody else. else and yeah. the fact that they won't even hear something that they know is wrong it just speaks to where that where that supreme court is right now and what i would say the illegitimacy of that court and the people who are in elected or falsely elected i would say into these lifetime positions right um, not even elected appointed appointed yeah into these lifetime positions and the people who put them in those positions mm -hmm. they're doing what they were appointed there to do right? right like there's a reason why you know that president he went out his way to make sure he elected these really really awful um unqualified mm. very severely underqualified yeah extremely conservative um hyper-religious people to the court because he wanted these outcomes and that's what he got i think that's why it's so important for us to understand like yeah <clears throat> we always say this a lot of this podcast but just understanding that your vote yeah. how you're voting it doesn't just affect um it's not just the president. It's not just the president. It's, like it's not even just the mayor. It's not just your, you got to think about what this means overall. Yeah. Because now we've stacked the Supreme Court so much conservative, so many conservative justices that the laws that they implement are, are generational. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're doing generational law yeah. that affects you, your kids, and then there's no telling and how and long. And they're rolling back these generational laws, laws that have been on our books for decades. Right. Laws that we fought. People, black folks died. Black, brown, Asian, Latino, people were dying in the streets to get these laws passed. And then they're rolling them back with the struggle for pain. And, and our children and grandchildren, and it's going to, it's once you lose them rights, <laughs> it's not easy to get those back. People aren't willing to like go out and get attacked by dogs and hoses no more. Like, you know, no. people aren't willing to do that. Yeah. And so now once those laws are lost, they lost. They lost forever. And thinking you're just gonna go to the states mm -hmm. and like oh put it all on the states. I mean, you see they're not even letting that happen. I think yeah, where was in it's Ohio, one of the states where they elected to um enshrine abortion rights yep. into their state constitution and they're they're still and now this is a vote by the will of the people yeah. and they're still and they're trying still to find ways around they're finding ways to strike it down they're like oh, we're gonna, so now they're saying oh they don't have the authority to enshrine it to all like there this is what happens when you decide i'm just not gonna vote because it's all corrupt well you can think that but honey these conservative people they don't think that right they know their votes count so there there's a reason why they're going out their way to mm -hmm. suppress your vote and to keep you not because obviously the votes work right and i don't know why people are people haven't grasped that concept yet like you know conservatives understand that these right. hyper religious people they understand that they know they sit there they're like we don't care we'll vote they yeah. can go out there and vote every time because they know you're not. Right. And then they vote people, they are voting people into these positions who are now able to vote to the point these and it, it goes higher and higher and higher. Higher and higher. Yeah. And so you have a Supreme Court that won't even hear a man's a case that is so blatantly wrong. And then because we have this society where we always want to criminal behavior, um, regardless of whether or not you think what this man did or what got him in prison is right or wrong we are in such a society where it's about um punishment and not rehabilitation i think people need to understand that are are somewhere along the lines people think that incarceration is about rehabilitation and it's not the american it's, incarceration yeah. system is about it's punishment punitive. and no so 
when you look at this man, it's like, well, what did he do to get in there? You know, he did something, but that doesn't take away from this as a human being with um, basic human rights. And so you got to think about how that feels, how that how that would feel if you were in that position, locked in the space for three years where you, you know, can't exercise, can't move, can't do anything. I don't think anybody deserves that. Even people who are like, oh, well, what about murders? What about child molesters? What about rapists? I feel like nobody deserves that, right? And I feel like this is where people have, this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Yeah. So people are like, well, some people deserve that. Nobody deserves that. It, I, I wouldn't do that to a dog. I wouldn't do that to a person. And no matter how heinous this person is, if our system is supposed to be a system of rehabilitation, then where is the rehabilitation at? Now, some people, I do believe, some people cannot be rehabilitated, and that's right. fine, right? But the system, but that is not, that can't be the answer, right? Because it opens a door mm-hmm. that is a very slippery slope, and we have seen what that door looks like in this country. We have seen who tends to go through that door. Right. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be your black ass. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Once you open that door to like, well, certain people deserve that treatment, then you open that door to anyone everybody deserves that, that treatment. treatment. Yeah. And then that, and then the definition changes, right? Because the definition goes from. Well, what about child molesters? Well, they're trying to pass a law in Florida that says all gay people are child molesters, right? right? So it's a slippery slope. You don't, you know, you don't want to open that door at all. Like if you want to have somebody in a super hyper-punitive space, then that's a different conversation than torturing somebody. Right. This is torture. We mm-hmm. have seen countless like incidences. Like, I feel like it's 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 very sad to me that we even have to have this conversation because this is one of those things that's known. Yeah, we know the solitary confinement is torture. Mm-hmm. But like, that's why they're using it. They, they that's why they're it. using it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's why they use it. Like we know that, and so if we know that, I don't understand how that's even allowed to be to be operated in a state or county, even a private prison. I don't understand how we even how that's even allowed. Period. Mm-hmm. And we know that this is torture. And why is that even allowed? Yeah. It shouldn't even be a concept for us. It shouldn't be like, okay, well, maybe they are in a space where they are in their own space, right? I understand putting them in their own cell, mm-hmm. but not allowing somebody access to leave this cell for three years. That's it's ridiculous. fucking ridiculous. I mean, honestly, I'm at the point even where it's like- Even if you like, them out there exercising by themselves. Like, by themselves. I mean, if it's that, if it's to that point, like, Hell, it's sad to say, but Max I would almost say walk around the yard. That's what I'm saying. And Good my grief. thing is like, I'm almost at the point to where it's like, kill me. I mean, I'm just at the point, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Him. Realistically, if you're going to do that, If you then... don't torture the person, then, then and, I, and I don't necessarily believe in that. Right. I'm not saying that I completely agree with that. If either, you're but... going to do that, then do that. Yeah. I feel like, and then you also have to think about too, how much money is being spent to torture this man? To torture this man, right. I, mean, I didn't, I'm not paying my taxes to torture some stranger. Right. You're funding this with my money. These private prisons are using tax dollars, American mm-hmm. tax dollars, to fund state mandate, like state supported torture, essentially. Right. And how many other people are going through this? There's another person going through this. And that's my and my fear is that people in that prison are experiencing that very same thing, and they case just didn't get the Supreme Court. That part, and I just feel like I can't trust a system where there's yeah. so many people that are locked up in unjustly, yeah, who didn't even commit crimes, and so now not only am I not saying this is every case, but not only am I locked up in this space for something I didn't tortured. do, but now I'm being tortured. Like, like I mean, we saw this in the Kelly Browder case. Oh my we God. This, right. And how many cool. other people have that story? Mm-hmm. I work with clients all the time. They, you know, they might not, their stories aren't as intense as this thing. I haven't come across anything like that. Yeah. But they know other people who have. 
-hmm. And they see that. And, and the prison uses that as a form of psychological torture. If you act up, this is what we're going to do to you. Mm -hmm. and, and that is wrong. It's just right. wrong. There's no way to justify that. And I feel like we have to move away from prisons being this like hell on earth. People are like, oh, it's hell on earth. You did, you deserve that. Nobody deserves that. Right. And it's not the way, it shouldn't be, I believe, it shouldn't be anybody's place to condemn somebody to hell on earth like that. You are not God. You have no control. You don't get to do that to people. Yeah. Now, if you want to have a space where it's like, okay, this person can't be rehabilitated. They can't be reintegrated into society. So this is what we have for them. You know, maybe they do need to be separated from society in a certain way. But to have somebody locked up like that is just... I mean, because I don't understand... There's no justification for it. I don't understand why you couldn't have... Like, okay, season solitary confinement. Even if you're doing that for three years. Child, why don't you let him be outside? They had a gym in Guantanamo Bay. That's what I'm saying. So come on now. I could even get out, put him on the on the he on the yard by, by himself. himself. He can't see him, he can't get no fresh air. They ain't got no little space for him to just be out. There. That don't make around. no sense. They I, had a head of electric with a window. <laughs> I mean, damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, got to, like you know, we had to draw the line. There has what to be did line, this man though. do? Right. That has to, I mean, shit. I mean, from what it said, what did it say for? Assault and, and home home invasion. I mean, I mean, okay. good grief. I mean, people have killed presidents and have gotten less right time than that. Like we, we got to we got to do a bit. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, we have to really look at the carceral system in America. It's it's, it's, it's up. ridiculous. Like yeah. we still got. I mean, I was just reading about how Angola prison still operating a damn chain gang. It still work functions as a plantation. Now let me tell you, you got a prison system. <laughs> that I'm gonna I'm not gonna say I agree with, but I am gonna say You're they right, got the in Europe. The no, 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 no. Uh, Japan. Oh, Japan, no play. I saw Japan. <laughs> I, I had a little. I saw a little documentary on the Japan prison system. Mm -hmm. I say it now. They, 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 they got it together. Now, what it is, it is very restrictive, and I get that. But they will got to walk in there like military, like. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like. But they asked us to work. They and they I work in the sales, so yeah. like. The cells are immaculate, which is funny to me. Like they put their little slippers on the little thing. They clean it out the cell every you know, day. The Japanese, the, the cells was clean. You gonna clean that, uh, that cell? You gonna get that bamboo in that ass? They hit they, <laughs> they do, but clean the, that cell. But 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 they also because of how they have it structured, it's not. They're not necessarily using this type of torture because it's not for individual people. We are the only. Sorry, we are the only quote-unquote, like I said, civilized society that does that. Mm -hmm. Other countries, even when you go to other countries, I watched this show called Inside Prisons on Netflix. Now, it, it's a little oh, too dark. seen that. It's a little too dark, up, John. He, he goes to some of these prisons. He goes to prisons all over the world. All over the world. Mm. Um, and he goes to prison. So they put him in there for like three days. Oh, this is like locked up. What is it? It's like locked up, but he does it all over the world. And he goes to like the world's most dangerous I'm prison. I'm not doing that. That's it's, it's too just for me. But you know, he goes into the world's most dangerous prisons and he lives among the prisoners for three days with his camera crew. Okay. Um, it's very interesting. And what I noticed is that the ones that are like, so it's some um, like he was one he was in one that was in like South America China. It was intense. They were like <laughs> it was like super overcrowded. Mm. It was like disgusting. You know, the, the prisoners outnumbered the guards like 20 to 1. So the guards was kind of just like, once you in there, honey, you in there. Like <laughs> it was a scene. But like nobody yeah. would ever call that place a civilized country, quote unquote. Right. And I, you know, I'm very, you know, hesitant to use that term. But it was in an underdeveloped country. So it made a little bit more sense why those prisons were like that. Like, the mm -hmm. prisons was like, they put you in there, you, you fighting every day. You don't eat and you can't grow your food. Like, it was it was tough. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to prison in, like, Europe. 
in Asia and these countries like this and it's like that mm -hmm. it's very clean it's very organized the prisoners have jobs the prisoners are like you know they have like little sewer you know they don't have you know these crazy high rates of sexual violence and uh, mm -hmm. physical violence like yeah. you know shit is tough in there but yeah. it's not hell on earth like right. these other places are and so it's very interesting to me that when he's in these other quote-unquote developed countries their prison system is we can't even fathom a system like that like right. he was in like sweden or something the prisoners have a commissary store and they just go in the store and they get what they need and they leave and then they go to their jails and they have jobs and they and they work in their little jobs and then they go back to their sales and they go to lunch and they have it's very organized yeah and they have you know it's everything's just really organized and it's structured and organized they were like we barely ever have fights we barely have riots we never have issues of sexual violence we don't have issues with people people break out but not very often like mm. it was a they live in like little apartments like the concept was so drastically different compared to an american prison yeah and he was like and this is a country that has like less than 30 percent of our gdp so it doesn't make sense that their prison system is so much better than ours mm. and it's by design yeah and they don't have this concept of private prisons they didn't know what he was talking about they were like private prisons Hell, mm. everything is splendid but that doesn't make any sense right yeah. like why would a private owner owner that doesn't make sense and so i think that's where that's why I have to keep reminding people, like, the reason why America is such a shithole that it is, and we are, of course, very fortunate and blessed to be American citizens, but it is a shithole. We, we, you know, it's the ghetto. And it's by design that it's like that. And I think that we need to re keep that in mind when we're voting and when we're making decisions about policies that are affecting all of us. People are just like, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Well, it don't have to be. Right. Right? And we, it's like that because we are so apathetic to our culture. They don't do that shit in other countries. Right. And I get it because I think America is very diverse. Um, there's a lot of like, I don't want to fix this because if I fix this, other people will get these benefits. Yeah. And I think in other homogenous societies, it's not really like that. Everybody's a little bit more community minded. And I know America isn't like that. No, we're very individualistic about that. But it's just the, I, I just think it's very sad that like other countries, they can't even imagine a concept like that. And I do think that we, America, you, I think you're right. I think sometimes we breathe, especially in the prison system, because we are very culturally diverse. I think because even in that situation where I was talking about the, the prison in Japan, it is still very much all Japanese people. Yeah. So even in the prison, the population is not yeah. right. So when we go to American prisons, they create this culture where it's very us divisive. fighting against each other. Yeah. You know, you got the blacks, you got the Mexicans, yeah. you got the whites. And so it becomes separated even within the cultural system so we bring our own like we bring our shit from america and how we deal with race and class yes. and culture yes. and we implement that in prisons as well and it's heightened in prison. and heightened and it's yeah. like and they do that on purpose because they want you in there fighting they each other they want you in their kid they don't they care they want you to prison is supposed to be hell Mm. And that's why I say, like, it's by design that what was intended to be a rehabilitative space has now become this. Yeah. Like, that's by design, right? Mm. And we also have to remember how prisons, again, everything in America is racist. The air you breathe, the road you walk on, the tree you get your fruit from, everything in this country is racist. And prison systems are no different. Yeah. They were intended to be extensions of slavery. Mm. And... You know, they had prisons for white people and prisons for black people. Right. And the white folks got put on their own chain gangs and the black folks got put on their chain gangs. And what happened was once they started putting everybody together, they realized, well, shit, why are we wasting money on separate prisons? 
we can put them all together and let them yeah. fight in there amongst let themselves. Them fight amongst themselves. And right. it, regardless, the work is going to get done. And right. then that's what happened. And so this this was never intended to, it was never meant to be a rehabilitative space, which is why I think it's very interesting. Um, prison advocates are always like, it's rehabilitation. It No. It's not. It's like policing in this country. Mm-hmm. It was never meant to be like, you know, we protect the people. Policing has always been about protecting the status quo and protecting property values. It has never been about protecting the people on the ground. They were the original slave patrols. Policing was to keep slaves in, in control, to keep the status quo in power, and to mm-hmm. keep property values protected. And that is what policing has evolved to now. And it's the same thing with the prison system. It was never supposed to be a space where people went in there and they learned the right way and they came out better people. It was never intended to be no, that. No. That's why they used to just hang your ass in prison. They would work you till they couldn't work you no more, and then they would hang you. And now they just like, well, we can't hang them. We just gonna throw them in a hole. Yeah. And then we're gonna just keep reaping. The, we're gonna spend thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of taxpayers' dollars until this person dies or kills themselves. And then we just gonna move somebody else. Killed by somebody else, and we just yeah. And, then, and and like and once we, I think once we acknowledge that that is the role of prisons in this country, that is when things will change. You can put all the programs in place that you want to. We get funded to do a whole bunch of programs in prison. We probably help three people out of 3,000. Mm-hmm. And that's a blessing to them three people. Yeah. But if the people in power are still in denial about what what this place is, then nothing's ever going to change. And I think that the Supreme Court is just an extension of the status quo. And I think the Supreme Court is doing exactly what they have I intended, been intended to, do. to do. Yeah. The Supreme Court wouldn't put their to enforce the laws and the will of the people. That's what they tell us in the history books. The Supreme Court was made up of a whole bunch of uh, slave owners too. Right. It was intended, well, it was intended to enforce the laws and will of white people. And and property owning wealthy. Property owning wealthy. Because the I mean, poor white folks is right up in there next to us. Okay. Let's, 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 let's well, talk sometimes about they don't want to acknowledge that they're right there. But you yeah, right. you right there fighting for your ass just like everybody else here. Okay, so let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like, it's not funny, but like, it, it's, no, it is. I literally just, I literally just read an article last week. This family in, I want to say they're in, uh, I want to say they're like in Alabama. They're suing the prison because their son was in prison for a year. It was a horrible story. He was in prison for a year and he was two weeks from being released. And some gang got to him Mm. and they beat this man and they traded him. They rented him out to other gangs for two weeks. And and then he he died because the violence that he faced was so, he died in in, in the family was not told. The prison said that he died from a drug overdose. Of course they're gonna lie of course and they did an autopsy and they realized that they hadn't they you know the, the guards hadn't seen this man they didn't know where this man was mm. for two weeks mm. how you lose an inmate for two weeks i do not know and this man was being beaten and and traded uh, um, you know around the prison for sexual favors and he mm. was killed he died from the violence that he suffered and it was the story was so shocking and i remember thinking like oh my god like and it was a young white man. And it was a horrible, horrible, horrible story. And that family is still in the prison. And the warden was trying to be like, oh, they were trying to cover this up. And it came, you know, the autopsy came out and they were like, yeah, no, this man did not cover this, right? Like, we we know what this man died from. Like, you know, he was just beating her right to death, basically. And that is just, fucking horrible. And, the, and I felt so bad for the family when I was reading the article because they were like, you know, we thought we, you know, they told us that he had a drug overdose and 
you know, we were like, what, you know, where is this coming from? He never had a drug problem. He was getting out in two weeks. He had, a, you know, he has kids. Like, what, like, this is so shocking. And what really stuck out to me about this article was that so many people in the comments were like, well, that's jail. Well, that's jail. That's what happens in jail. You know, don't do the time. And I was like, mm. when have, like, when did we just decide like that's the consequence that's the consequence right? <laughs> like i mean this man went to jail for like it was it was for like it was a non-violent felony i don't remember what it was it was a non-violent felony is what i remember mm -hmm. nobody deserves to be beaten and raped to death and traded amongst you know that's right don't pass around baby. pass this poor man around till he died and, I feel and like when did we decide that that was an okay situation okay when, well that's when we, jail when we decided that that people in prison <laughs> like, are not what? human the yeah, humanity that, is gone I mean. the so humanity is gone you can't, that means you're not going to see this person we would not allow that to happen to a dog. Even in, even in the story that reminds me of the story of the young man who died in prison from the bed bug infestation, yes, and they just eaten, eaten alive by fucking bed bugs. And everybody in jail. just was like, "Well, that's jail." When did we decide that that was okay? That's horrible. That's a that's human horrible. being. And I think that like the empathy in general is gone for hum for human rights for prisoners in general because it's like. I find myself I like I all I think about is like what if I was in that position? What if I did something that got me put in jail? You know, God right. forbid. And th these are the kind of things that I would have to endure and like I would have to think about. But a lot of people, you know, they don't think like that. They're just like, well, I would never put myself in a position to have to endure and, and any that's of this kind the of stuff. Other part too, because you don't know, right? You don't. You know don't and that's the thing. The you don't know what can happen. And what we just and like what this country defines as legality is not always morally right. Mm. A long time ago, it was against the law to, to escape from slavery. Mm -hmm. A long time ago, it was against the law to be to be a gay couple and live in the house with your man mm. and have sex in the house with your significant other as a gay person. Yeah. That could have landed you in prison. They trying to make that a law now. Mm -hmm. A long time ago, it was, you know, they're trying to pass a law right now that says if you dress up as a drag person within 300 yards of a school, you can go to jail. Mm -hmm. So the legality is, is too funny in this country. It, it was against the law to sit down on a bus if you were black and you sat in the wrong section. They could throw you in jail and you could do 40 years in prison because you sat in the wrong seat. Right. Or drank from the wrong water bottle and you slamming them. You know, so like this whole concept. Legality like, doesn't mean. It does not define moral, moral. you know, morality. And, and and this whole concept of like the law is the law. Well, baby, that law changes every day. Every day. A every while day. ago, you couldn't walk in a store without a mask on your face. But y'all made sure y'all were walking around coughing and doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like no, the for laws real. change too quick, so you you can't say, "Oh, I would never do this." You, they're trying to make it a law that you can't protest, even peaceful, nonviolent protesting is uh, not to be against the law. So if you have that's scary, y'all need to really really watch terrifying. that, right? If you walking down the street with a sign and they throw you in prison, and then they throw, they're trying to add, their their people were getting arrested for nonviolent protesting, and they're trying to put terrorism laws on these people. People walk around with signs. And, and, and making art, they were giving these people, they were charging them with terrorism law. They're trying to give these people like terrorist charges. Now you, that's a minimum of 10 years in a state prison. Mm. Do you deserve to now be raped or eaten alive by bugs because you have done something that is technically against the law? Right. And I'm not saying that this person, I'm not comparing that to people who are like molesters and rapers. No, of course not. But, but like, I think people with privilege yeah, don't understand they don't what understand that looks that. like. You don't, you don't understand that like, and a lot of times you do have non-violent offenders who are in these prisons with very violent people. But that's my biggest fear. And yeah, going, going if the prisons are crowded, they slide you right they in there. They slide you right in there you with everybody there else. For, General you know, Pop. Galeed okay. Browder. 
you stole a backpack and you sitting up in Rikers Island. And the thing is, with people a mass think, murderer. And the, and the thing people need to understand is they think you're convicted of a crime to sit in jail. Khalif yeah. Brower and all those other people, they weren't even convicted. They were sitting in jail waiting for a court, a waiting court for date. the court date to come up. And you could be sitting in those they prisons waiting for court date for years. For years, not even having a trial, not I even being convicted client, of anything. He, has been, he was in prison for two years. He has been on probation. He's been working with me for a year and a half. He still, that's four and a half years of this man's life. Mm -hmm. He still has not gone to court. He's still waiting on his court date. And he was in prison for two years. Disgusting. They only let him out because of COVID. And so now he, you know, he's on like high level supervision and he's trying to get ready for his court date. It has been four and a half years. I, I don't even know how that's legal. <laughs> it shouldn't be. I don't it either. Shouldn't be. Like, I, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand how it works, but I'm just like, you know, my job is to do his education services so that, and that's what the I The idea is that you, if you can't make the bail, right? Or yeah, you don't even. He, he didn't make the bail and it was a violent crime. And so they let him sit in there and. You know, he just got to wait for his court date. And then COVID, they kept pushing day back, pushing day back, pushing day back, pushing day back. So, you know, shit happens. So, you don't, you can never say, like, oh, I would never be in that situation. Maybe you don't know what you would do in that situation. You don't have You don't know if you mess around and drive to mine. You you do a vehicular manslaughter. Anything can happen, right? Accidental. Anything can happen. And then you're in a fucked up situation. So. All right, y'all. Let's, um, let's take a little break and we'll be back to close out the show with our breakthrough moment. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So we are back for our breakthrough moment uh, yes. today. So in today's breakthrough, since we're going along, we've already been talking about like the prison system and like, uh, you know, what we're going through with that. Um, <laughs> some good news on that. Some good slide. news on that. So um, reported by NBC News, um, Yosef Salam, yep. um, one of the exonerated Central Park Five, has won the Democratic primary for his seat in the New York City Council, all but ensuring him an eventual victory. Um, it's, an, it's an improbable feat for a political novice who was wrongfully accused and convicted and imprisoned as a teenager for the rape and beating of a white jogger in Central Park. Uh, Salam, Salam, Salam. campaigned to represent Central Harlem on the city council. Yes, Cardinal stand up. <laughs> the Associated Press refrained from calling the race an, race on election night, but additional votes released Wednesday, and this is this is an older story, showed him to be the clear winner. Uh, many doubted us along the way, but this was a campaign based on change, Salam said after AP called the race. The voters overwhelmingly agreed with our vision for a better, stronger, and more tolerant community. We are going to have a new Harlem Renaissance. Yes. He stated. Salam and the four other black and Latino teens from Harlem became known as the Central Park Five after their arrest in 1985 in the headline grabbing rape um, of one of the city's most notorious and racially fraught crimes. Um, he served nearly seven years in prison before the group was exonerated through DNA evidence. Yes, Brother Salam. And we also want to just acknowledge that, you know, a quick reminder for the Yolda that are too young to remember. Uh oh, here we go. Um, your former president took out a full page ad in the New York Times calling yes. for the execution mm. of these innocent young brothers before they had even been convicted. Mm. Um, let's not forget. Let's I was, never forget. I knew that was going to. I didn't want to bring it up, but I knew Beans was. Uh... You knew I was up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right, brother. <laughs> you know, so imagine 
being imagine what that must feel like for that man you know mm. so not only were you exonerated from this horrible horrible situation that you served decades in, in prison for as a child mm. you know and you know we were talking about the inhumanity and the you know the punitive space that prison is already so imagine surviving all of that you know and the hate that i'm sure you were getting from millions and millions of new yorkers and other people around the world and then you were exonerated and not only were you exonerated that you've now been elected to um, city council city, city council to represent your own people like so that's that what's you got to help in situations like this if they do god forbid happen again you're mm-hmm. in more of a position of power to you know support these young people and hope that this doesn't go this route um, so you know, big ups to yourself because that's a big deal. He got to me, honey, because he said he got out. He went right, right to work. And I'd be like, "Fuck!" And y'all. that's and that's where I was going with it because <laughs> I felt like I was like, "If I and the will of this young well to survive this man that. to survive that and then get out and decide I want to take yeah. on this huge like this, responsibility and do this and and go through this because I definitely would have been like, "Bitch, I'm taking my little money I'm or whatever I got and I'm, done, and I'm okay? gone. I don't want to think about." The city or this town or this government. There's people that turned on me. There's people that turned me, on me. They threw me away. Right. right. They threw the kids away. And still finding. They railroaded him and threw him away. And so I just still finding himself to still want to serve and be a. And see and see the gravitas or see like yeah. what you can do in a political mm-hmm. uh, spectrum or in government like that that is says something to him and it says I mean obviously Harlem you know it says something about Harlem it says something about him. Um, and it says something about the strength of the human spirit that mm. even in these type of, they, you know, we talked about the horrors of prison that in some spaces they can be, I'm never going to say that, you know, this experience taught him something because I don't believe that torturous experiences should be teaching people things. But I think that it is really speaking to the resilience of um, our people in general. There we go. Without the black people. Black people. Um, let, me, let me clear. Because <laughs> people like to be like, black and black. With a capital, with a capital B. Um, it speaks to the resilience of our culture, right? Our mm-hmm. entire culture in this country has always been a story of resilience. And a True. Story of, Speak on it. A story of strength and overcoming adversity that other people have not. Mm. Um, so the fact that he was able to do that and to really tap into that to be where he is, it's really amazing. I think we really need to um, support that, brother. Support, support Salam. Support Salam. Y'all out there in Harlem, you better support your boy Salam. Yes, man. mashallah to my good brother. Oh, you said. Shit. There it is. Because let me tell you, you ain't doing it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> good sister, I'm gonna say it won't be me. It won't be me. All right, y'all. This has been another episode of the Breakdown Podcast. Thank y'all for joining us today, and we hope you have a strong, amazing, beautiful black day. Yes, mm, keep gonna keep your feet on the next child because you know, always, always, because they're gonna keep their foot on yours. Uh-uh. There it is. There it is. Bye, y'all. <laughs>